As the wheel turns, the podcast from Peregrine D-Man, The Definitive Geeks, discussing Robert Jordan's Wheel Time series. Please join us as we share insights and revelations regarding this epic fantasy series. We will welcome yours as well. Please email DefendantGeek at gmail.com. Definitive Geek is available on iTunes or at DefendantGeek.Podomatic.com. Hello and welcome to Star Trek Monthly Monday, number 31. This is the 1701 kicking it old school Star Trek Kirk version. Kirk Roddenberry NBC classic version. Um, I am Chris Honeywell and I'm here with Scott Gardner. Hello. Watching Star Trek with me since we were little kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And still watching Star Trek. <laughs> still watching it. All these be, years later. Yeah, this is going to be a kind of a lean and mean show, because Scott and I, in our busy, busy, busy lives, have not really had much Star Trek going on outside of, you know, watching the episodes and reading the comics for this show. Yep. See, So I haven't read any new comics, any new, like, IDW comics or anything like that. Yes, we are busy, important people that have very little time for sitting around and listening to some lame-ass podcast with a couple of old geezers reminiscing about the good old days. Well, I've been I've been busy. I've been I've been hepping up my eBay. It's 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 time for me to to start going crazy on eBay. Stepping and up your game. I've been I've been. Uh, uh, you know, Scott and I have got some secret projects in the Two True Freaks works that. You know we're busily, busily uh, plotting and planning and <laughs> and getting ready for your enjoyment, and that's about all I'll say about that. But we've what uh, there was uh, I've been busy setting up our eBay store or not our eBay store our uh, duh, 
<laughs> our big my big opportunity to plug our uh, <laughs> our newest promotion is uh, we actually have a little deal with Amazon.com. So the mm-hmm. two true freaks have sold out. We've got our, our uh, <laughs> if you go to the two true freaks Libsyn site, you know where you can download the the podcast and see our our groovy pictures that we put up. Um, there's a link to Amazon, and you can and if you go to that link and you buy anything through Amazon, we get a little cut of it. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost you anything, and it and it's a good way of doing it without us having to you know like plug some sort of like personal massager or something that nobody wants. There's even this is what's taken all the time. We have our own Demanza Corp quality product store. Yeah. Where I get to go through Amazon. I've been going through Amazon and trying to find everything that um that um you know that we've mentioned on our show and that right. we've done. Well, I'm going to help and, you with that because as a matter of fact, today I was listening um to some old episodes of the show and <laughs> man <laughs> we mention a lot of stuff. We do mention a lot of stuff, but just it's 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 actually kind of rough for me to to go way back to the earliest days and listen to some of our. I'm just kind of embarrassed by by the the quality or lack thereof of some of our earliest stuff. Yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, but I, I'm I, I'm gonna I I'm going back to some of that stuff with the intention of note taking for you know the things that we've talked about you know like you know books i've reviewed and you know movies we've talked about and stuff yeah. so yeah we'll really beef up that store but yeah please but, this is this is just a plea to the listeners that you know if you're going to use amazon you know you don't have to do anything special other than just you know go to amazon through our link that it, that's all we ask just you know if you're going to go to amazon and and browse around and possibly make a purchase, especially if you know you're going to make a purchase, you know, just get to Amazon through using our link. That's all you have to do, and we get a nice cut. My, my friend Barb had a great idea, and she said, what, I'm go- what I'll do is I'll just uh, save you guys' website as my Amazon right. bookmark. Yep. And then, you know, whenever I go to Amazon, it's just an extra click. Yeah, you know? and, and understand, and, uh, guys, this isn't, you know, this isn't to, like, you know, put money in our pockets. This is literally to, you know, help keep <laughs> the, the lights on pay here. The rent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeps the lights on here at the uh you know the not pay our rent, but studios. Pay the podcast rent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you know, if you guys enjoy the show and, and enjoy listening to it and you know if you've often sat and wondered, gee, how could I help the two true freaks? Yeah. Here you go. Here's your opportunity. With with all this extra stuff that we have I, I, we've sort of like had to max out the the um bandwidth we use on Libsyn. Yeah. You know, use the largest tier of bandwidth to do it. And we like to do our shows like a little like high quality bit rate, so yeah. they take up some space. So we chow up some chow up some bandwidth yeah. and it's it's yeah, it's starting to feel it. It ain't but, cheap, yeah, that's that's but true. The store I've got like the movie section's going along good. As a matter of fact, I actually being Star Trek Monthly Monday, I'll mention I've got the Star Trek section pretty stocked up. I've got all the movies um, of of you know the original cast and the next generation, and I've got them in. I didn't put VHS versions up because I don't think people are really looking for the VHS versions of them. No, but I've usually got the you know a nice cheap DVD version, a Blu-ray version, and some of the you know nice. 
like every Star Trek movie package or all the original packages and what you know the the nice you know collector's editions if you if you're in, into those so you, you know and I basically I put up every season of every Star Trek TV show so you can basically if it's Star Trek and it was on TV and it was in the movies you can get it there. I didn't put a lot of the like documentaries and stuff because I don't want to put that stuff up unless we've talked about it or I've seen it because I don't know how much of that stuff's crap. You know, There's a lot of stuff that look like crap. I didn't want to just throw up, hey, this video's got Leonard Nimoy in it. There's some Star Trek news. I'm sure everybody knows about it by now because it's going viral, but that Leonard Nimoy, that video of I can't even remember the name of the crappy band. Everybody else will know it because they've seen it by now, but... What a great video that yeah that, that is. It is. It's hysterical. It's, but yeah, we're it, like Lazy Day or something. Like <laughs> yeah. That, see, or... we're talking about it. We don't even know what we're talking about because I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, well, it is. It's it's very Bruno funny. Mars is the name of the band. Oh, okay. Actually, the guy who did it, Bruno Mars, and uh, to tell you the truth, I don't think the song is that memorable. I think it's the video. It's it all about the. It's. Yeah, it's an amusing little cute song, but it's kind of generic. But the video is is basically just Leonard Nimoy playing a total slacker who's just basically giving the world the finger. I think he does give people the finger at some point. I think the finger's prominently displayed. I liked it. <laughs> and I'm sure if you're a Star Trek fan, somebody's already posted it up on your Facebook or something. But that's some, that's some nice Star Trek news. It's always good to see Leonard Nimoy... Being funny, and there's even Shatner in it. Yes, yeah, there is. Yeah, you're right. He does flip. Uh, he's he's walking along, and he's just wearing like this ratty his ass bathrobe and his you know his you know jockey shorts or whatever. And he's walking along. And he walks like right in front of a car, and the car has to screech to a halt. And I think it honks at him, and he just flips him off. It's it's great. Yeah, it actually. My favorite. My favorite is there's a scene where he's in the grocery store and he's buying porn. In the checkout lane, he's just got his porn on the checkout lane, and there's like a you know, all American mom lady looking up at him, and he just gives her, he just arches, does a little Spock arch of the eyebrows, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm buying Playboy, so what? <laughs> I got the day off. What do you want from me? <laughs> Pardon me, my brain just farted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Clear the room. Silent but deadly. holy shit! Yeah, the the <laughs> conversation just came like a fucking screeching off. <laughs> Stop the podcast! Oh, I want to get out. Spray some Lysol in here. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! We can tell what we're recording late, late at night. Well, here, it, well, <laughs> I say we get right to our our wonderful, 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 wonderful original series uh, from the third season. There's been an explosion on Elba Two. Nine five must have wiped out everything. We hereby proclaim that I am Lord Gar, Master of the Universe. On your knees before me, all the others before me have failed. Ships phasers to narrow beam. Queen to Queen's level three, Captain Kirk. 
No, you mustn't do that. I can get him to tell me what you want to know. I think I knew I loved you from the first moment I saw you. This is the kind of episode that gives the third season a bad reputation right here because, holy shit, this episode's a fucking nightmare. But, uh, yeah, can you tell I enjoyed this one? Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's I'll say that. I enjoyed Did it. Did you really? Come on. Yes, I enjoyed watching on, it. And I'll tell a, you why. Okay, tell me why. Uh, well, wait. Are you gonna are you gonna tell yeah, them what the I'll, quote unquote yeah, story I'll, I'll is? Yeah, I'll synopsize it. I'll do my job. I, you know, I, <laughs> I I still have to be a professional. All right. So this is Whom Gods Destroy, a third season episode, first aired January third, nineteen sixty nine. So, uh, all right. In this one. Captain Kirk takes the Enterprise to Elba 2, a planet that houses an asylum for the care of the galaxy's last group of insane humanoids. Yes. <laughs> Kirk brings with him a new... Because humanoids are cheaper to cast. <laughs> Kirk brings with him a new wonder drug that, when used in conjunction with other treatments, can cure these individuals. Beaming down, Kirk and Spock are met by an individual who appears to be the colony's governor, Donald Corey. In reality, however, their host is Garth of Izar, a brilliant former starship captain. Garth was an inmate an inmate get duck. Garth was an inmate of Elba II until he used a mysterious shape-changing power to assume the appearance of Corey and trick the guards into releasing him from his cell. Imprisoning the real guards and Governor Corey, Garth freed the inmates and took over Elba too. Garth uses a variety of tactics to attempt to gain possession of the Enterprise. His attempts, involving the aid of the beautiful Orion inmate Marta, are unsuccessful. In a rage, Garth has Marta executed, dragged into the poisonous atmosphere beyond the Asylum Dome, and destroyed with a powerful explosive he has invented. The Enterprise crew, commanded by Mr. Scott, is powerless to penetrate the Asylum's force field and cannot transport security people down to aid Kirk. When Garth transform transforms himself into Kirk's double, Mr. Spock deduces which is the prisoner and stuns Garth. After control of the Asylum is restored uh, to Corey, we see that Garth, with the aid of a rehabilitation Rehabilit rehabilitation chair uh, which he had altered and used to torture Kirk and Corey is on his way to recovery ah so everything turned out alright after yeah, all I'll tell you why I enjoyed this <laughs> now I'm not saying I like this episode but I enjoy it Okay. because this fucker is on the cheap yo man. yes on the cheap. And of course it's the restored edition, so you can see the wobbly doors. You can see the lights on the panel, like through the like sliding door at one point. The the set is so cheap. The director is half assed and lifeless and you know 
seems to have just shot everybody's lines separately and hacked them together, especially on the Enterprise. It's that third season, like, Cloud Miners sort of feel to it. Was it the Cloud Miners? Which one was the one where... Was that, was that the one where Spock was romancing yes. the one? Yeah, that yes. was the Cloud Miners, yeah. And it's and it's the all, one where he met all... her in one scene. It cuts away to a, a different scene with Kirk, and then when it cuts back, they're talking about the pond far. Not not yes. fifteen minutes have gone by, and Mister yes. Spock is a, a fucking operator, man. I'm telling you, he's a yeah. player. Yeah, and you know, at the beginning, there's almost like there's scenes missing because, like, you know, <laughs> they'll come back and somebody will already be knocked out, and yeah, it, you know, it's all it's just all a big mess. But here's the saving grace of it they they knew they had to know that you know that this is you know just it's sort of all a rehash it's a, a bit of dagger of the mind you know it's even got a cheap jack neural neutralizer in it you know so they're like all right well we got shatner and we got cat or what was it batgirl batgirl yeah was it Batgirl. Yvonne Craig. Let's just... And we've got the guy who plays Garth who, if he would have been a better actor, we'll just have everybody chew, chew, chew the scenery. We'll let Shatner get another chance to play two Kirks. And holy shit, man. You gotta... you, You have to admit it's not really Kirk. You know, it's... It's Azar, uh, Garth of Azar. <laughs> but when he throws a Kirk fit, a Shatner fit, pounding his fists on the... I was just like, yes! Yeah, okay, I did like the Kirk fit. <laughs> yes! Because it's pure Shatner, like, tightening every muscle in his neck and... Beating... It was just like, yeah, go, man, go! <laughs> you know? So... Yeah, you get to see Shatner ham it up from be- from beginning to end, you know, uh, and and you get to see <laughs> Batgirl do her sexy sexy dance. <laughs> oh God! Yes, and there, <sighs> there's that scene that's almost exactly like I can't remember which. It's another episode we did where where you know she goes to make out with him on the bed and she reaches for the dagger, you know, right. And he grabs a hand. There was a scene almost exactly like that, and I swear to God, they used the same bed <laughs> for for that. It might have been even the Cloud Minders. Now that I think about it, so maybe they just doubled up on all these scenes when they filmed the Cloud. Well, you know, the the chair was the same type of thing from Dagger mm-hmm. of the Mind. The the bed. There was oh, there was a bunch of stuff in. Yeah, it, it does. It feels like. Somebody went to, you know, the back lot where they'd been storing shit from other episodes and were like, all right, how can we throw, you know, the the uniform that uh, Corey wears is the same one that uh, Dr. Yes. Creepystein or whatever the hell his name yeah. was from. Dr. Zayas or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's arguably my biggest note on this episode. Did, did you recognize who Dr. Corey is? Is he? He's not the guy in Next Generation who plays with the chips on the ground, is it? No, no, the, the that big like Hawaiian yeah. dude or whatever. 
Yeah, no. Who, no. No, I, no, who is he? I kept, through this whole episode, I kept looking at him going, damn, I know this guy from something. And I have to admit, it wasn't my, my memory that pulled it out. I ended up having to look it up. But he played the, the blind master in Kung Fu. Remember Kung Fu? And it kept having flashbacks all the time to when... Yeah, I ne I've never seen Kung Fu. Really? I, only have, I saw, like, Kung Fu... I used to watch Kung Fu The Next Generation. The, the syndicated <laughs> oh, show that was on with David Carradine, yeah. you know, in the early 90s, I think. Well, yeah, and the, but in no, the original I've never Kung seen the originals. Fu, every once in a while he would have flashbacks to when he was at the... Whatever the hell it was supposed to be, Shaolin Temple or whatever... And uh -huh. his master was this old, creepy, blind, you know, whatever he's supposed to be, you know. And uh, and that was the guy. You know, this this same actor played, you know, his, his Jedi master or whatever the hell you want to call him in that show. As quickly as you can, snatch the pebble from my hand. When you can take the pebble from my hand. It will be time for you to leave. So, you know, I like I say, I knew I had, I knew him from somewhere, but I never would have put that together. I ended up finding it in, I think it was in the Star Trek compendium that I pulled the synopsis out of, or something like that, that told about that. But, um, you know, I mean, I tried to do this in a different way, you know, as far as my notes, because I, I think the episode blows i gotta be honest yeah but, i mean they it had potential it could right. have been there was that movie i think it was called marat Saad that was based on a marquis de Saad play about the inmates it's like the inmates of an asylum take over and put on a play right and you know they could have played off that and they kept quoting shakespeare but it was all right. just half half-assed re rehashed half-baked stuff you know right. no, nothing was really too what? you know the coherent about it right. you know so you know i i tried to for a change i tried to focus my notes a little bit more on the things that i did like rather than just spend you know two hours ripping this episode a new one which we could totally do but there were a few things i thought was cool like you know we do get to see a tellerite and an andorian again i thought that was kind of cool because i'd forgotten that you know i thought that uh uh, Journey to Babel was the only one that ever showed either of those races, and actually, the Andorian that we see in in Journey to Babel, I don't, I don't think there's actually a real Andorian in that, right? Because he's and he turned out to be a fake he's guy. A fake. Yeah, he's yeah. a fake because his his antenna thing broke off. Well, this is a real Andorian in this one, so that was kind of cool. The real Andorian. I'd like to know the the story. You know, this isn't like a nitpick or a criticism or anything. I'm actually curious. How the hell would Corey and Kirk know each other? I mean, because Corey appears to be a hell of a lot older than Kirk, so it's not like they went to the academy together or something. I'm just there's well, they a could have worked. They could have worked or served on something. Yeah, at that's some point. true. Yeah, you know, there's all people all different ages in Starfleet. This is true. They seem to be buddies. Kirk was like genuinely like, hey, you know, yeah. glad to see him. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I didn't put a note, but uh, I always liked that part where um, Corey was suspended in. Yeah, it's sort of like episode two of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I remember that being a, a cool effect, you know, when we, when we were kids watching that, trying to figure out how, you know, how was he held up there like that. So that was kind of neat. Um, the chest thing in this makes me nuts. 
because every time I see that part or watch this episode, you know, and they're doing the, you know, Queen's the Queen Queen's Queen's level three. three over and over again, I keep hearing in my mind that Miss Piggy song, never before and never again, because they don't ever do that <laughs> at any other time, you know? It's, it's you know, it, this is, it's very much one of those, like, comic book things, you know, where... Yeah, you know they somebody somebody didn't hit the writer on to right. that or anything and no, yeah at this point people were it was you know throw it against the wall see right. what sticks you know well actually it, it holds very true with with Star Trek Star Trek does do that a lot you know I noticed that Next Generation does it quite a bit too where you know one of the characters, you know, their childhood best chum, you know, comes on board the ship and they've been friends all these years and blah, 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 blah. And we never hear from this person again, you know, where they're never mentioned another time ever, you know, that sort of thing. So, <laughs> uh, we talked about Batgirl. She's creepy in this episode. I mean, I guess she's, well, she's just to such be, a stereotype, crazy girl, you she's know, she's crazy, twitchy yeah. and, you know, she's making faces and she's all up on Kirk's grill. And then, <laughs> you know, she's all up on Garth's grill. And, you know, and, and my favorite is he's my lover. So I have to kill him. Yes. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I've heard a girlfriend say that. Jesus. Um, what a flashback that was. I tell you, on a big positive side, though, um, I was watching this and it took me like, two days to watch this because i got to the part with the with the <laughs> orion girl dance and i was like ah, fuck i gotta go find something else to do yeah, so i paused got it four minutes to burn yeah. on the show yeah so you know i came back to it today and finished watching it and not long after that scene there was a part that actually like re-engaged me in the episode which was kirk's speech to to garth you know and he's talking about you know, just used, used to be someone pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know that and, you know, how he had inspired, you know, how just their whole mission, you know, Kirk's whole philosophy about, you know, humanity out in space and all that sort of thing. I really liked that. And the part where he called Spock, his brother, you know, that, you know, it, basically the point he was making is if they hadn't gone out there and done what they had done peacefully, you know, and, and, tried to coexist with the other races of the galaxy he and he and spock would never have known each other and what a shame that would be because he considers spock his brother and i love that i thought that was really i had totally forgotten any of that i you know i didn't remember those scenes at all or that speech at all and it's actually a, a very good bit of acting by by shatner and it's a good impassioned speech by kirk that really gets to the core of how he sees himself in his role, yeah. you know, in Starfleet, in his role as a starship captain. I thought it was great. That, that well, part of the episode I really in, liked. In the beginning, there's a point where Garth said so, says something about you know, or, or you know, oh, you know, being warriors or whatever. And Kirk's like, "Well, you know, we're mostly explorers now. Right? You know, we're mostly just gathering information now." And that was very. Right, which is funny because that's pretty much exactly the opposite of what Kirk said in that one that we watched not long ago. Um, yeah, the one with the pussy pacifist guys there, you know, where he said, "Well, you know, I'm basically a military man," and it's like, 
All right. Compared to them, he was. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. I caught a what I what I would consider to be a goof in this one is uh, there was a, a part in this where Garth was disguised as Spock. And right from the introduction of Spock into that scene, I thought it was Garth as Spock. But I got to admit, I didn't remember this episode very well. This is, it was never one of my favorites. But just the way he was acting, I was thinking, that's not really Spock. It was a little off. Yeah, yeah. he was acting a little funny. Yeah, but then he, I agree. He neck pinched Marta. Right, you're right. The Vulcan neck pinch and knocked her out. Well, she just probably pretended they were probably in on it at that point. I guess, but it, it was just really odd because once he revealed himself in the control room to actually be Garth, then I, then I was like, wait a minute, though, but he used the Vulcan neck pinch, so how the yeah, hell does I that had the same. I had the same sort of thought process. Ah, uh, okay. But, yeah, it's a goof, but, you know, this whole episode's kind of a goof. It is. It's very strange. It's a very weird and not... I just you know, don't think it's a particularly good episode. You know what looked great? All the... Did you watch the, the re revamped yeah. special edition? The, the planet... All the shots from space of the planet, yeah. I thought, looked great. It, it actually yeah. addressed uh, a classic complaint about this episode, which is when Scotty finally decides that, gee, maybe I had to fucking, like, actually try to maybe do something, you know, to rescue the captain in this, which is something that's always driven me nuts because there's, like, 50 different cuts to the Enterprise and him and, and McCoy standing there wringing their Doing nothing. Doing what yeah. to do. That drove me crazy through the whole episode. But when they finally decide to do something in the original version, you know, the classic version of this, they fire the phasers down at the planet. Well, you know, back in those days, everything was static with the Enterprise firing. Well, the, the planet continued to friggin' rotate, you know? It, it's, it's still a planet, you know? It's still revolving. So they're firing, and I would imagine, like, down on the planet, they're just, like, digging a giant trench with trench, yeah. Well, in this, in the in the new remastered edition, you can see where the beam is actually hitting a fixed point on the planet. Even though the planet is rotating, the beam is simply moving along with the rotation of the planet. It's great. It's a beautiful effect, and I was really pleased with it when I saw it. Well, there's, like there's that. a lot cool. of really nice shots of the Enterprise firing phasers, yeah, too, sort of coming coming about and firing phasers, yeah. That you know, just they work really well. They put him, they put him in the Enterprise in a little bit of shadow. It just looks really nice, and it doesn't look too advanced, but it doesn't look too too cheap it's just perfectly done and it and and that that beefed up those sequences that made those sequences a little more exciting you know it gave them a little more movement because whoever directed or was just lifeless you know it was just a lot of uh um statically composed scenes of people talking a lot of times yeah and then and and like you know the 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 insane asylum was so the set was so sparse and and cheaply done that like you know when they made garth's um throne it's a it, it looks like a you know a chair from a library like a public library in the 70s or a public school you know 
cafeteria from the 70s, you know. And See, in their defense, though, that style of furniture at that time was futuristic. Was futuristic but we look at it now and it's it is very <laughs> outdated. <super> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's we look back at it now and go, wow, is that really 70s? But it's that it's that 70s projection of of what we thought the future was going to look like that I'm such a sucker of or sucker for, you know, I really enjoy that stuff. But yeah, I, I noticed that too. I looked at that and I was like, wow, that's really pretty ghetto dudes. You that, know? that space chair is pretty fl flimsy. Yeah. yeah. Now it looks like they're, it looks like they're in the cafeteria, you know, like do it, doing a, doing an episode, you know, it's a bunch of kids from the star Trek club right. in the cafeteria <laughs> doing up an episode, make my throne. Garth, you're insane. Yeah, off to the side that we, you know, off to the side of the screen, we couldn't see like the Tellarite's mom and dad showed up that day to watch their their son in his in his play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for as bad as you know, sometimes these uh, these enhanced editions, or well, actually any any Star Trek from this time that's on DVD now, you can look at it and it really is like because it's so much more detailed and everything, you can really start to see a lot of, you know, things that are kind of embarrassing to, to be able to, you know, like how bad Marta's makeup job was and stuff like that. But, it, you know, for all those type of things, I thought that the fight between the, the two Kirks was great because for a change... It was seamless. Yeah, that yeah. guy looked like William Shatner. I mean, yeah. it was really good. I, I didn't even that. think about it till afterwards, and then I was just like, wait, where's the swarthy guy, you know, right. with the different colored hair that would usually, you know, wrestle him? Right. But, yeah, this time, this time it was truly seamless. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, they, the guy that they got, you know, for, for the other Kirk really did i mean he had the same build the same style of hair he, he even stood and and had some of the same mannerisms as as william shatner so when the two of them tussled i kept waiting for the moment where he would get a good look at the guy and go that's not shatner and you know obviously it's not but still it, it blended it well enough even in high definition that you could look at it and, and yeah. enjoy it because there's a lot of those episodes now that I watch, like Enemy Within, or uh, I'll tell you one that really jumps out badly is Space Seed. You know, there's a lot of parts in that fight between Kirk and Khan in the engine room where neither one of them is, you know, Shatner or Maltabon, and you look at it and you can tell and it plain really as day, shows, yeah, it yeah. looks like shit, you know? But, you know, back in the day, you, you would not have been able to tell because, you know, you people were watching it on their rinky-dink, shitty reception TVs. Whereas now you can look at it and go, <laughs> who's that scrawny dude playing Khan? You know, that's not Ricardo Montalban. But uh, I, I thought they did a good job with the fight in this one. It looked really sharp. Yeah. And if I... How how much time did they waste just having Kirk get knocked out just before he would turn the force field off? Yeah, Was it like three times that he went running over to the button and somebody would just knock him out cold or phaser him or something? It's yeah. just like, Jesus. I think he would try another approach, you know? I think he was just like, I'm not even going to think too much about this because these are crazy people. <laughs> so I'm just going to just keep trying to do the same thing again until I get the right... Yeah, because because Garth was really the only one that seemed 
dangerous at all. The rest of them were just sort of going along with him and his muscle, but they were just, they seemed pretty passive. Well, the, I can't believe that's all the, the insane humanoids by that time in the future. Right. You know, I mean, there's an, there seems to be enough trouble with people going insane and in other episodes and stuff. And, right, yeah. And, and, and I guess we assume at the end of this that all of them get to, the, that there will be no <laughs> dangerously insane people in the in the universe anymore humanoids in the universe after they've given him this miracle medicine and trotted him through the neural neutralizer right. or whatever it is you know a little bit well that was one of the the completely ridiculous <laughs> parts of this episode is them pronouncing at the beginning well you know except for this one little outpost on this poisonous planet you know this is this is all the crazy people that are left in the 23rd century and it's like no dude it's like every three episodes, somebody goes batshit bonkers. Don't tell me that this is all the crazy people there are. And if they're so civilized, why do they take all the crazy people and put them on a planet of poisonous gas? <laughs> you know, why not put them someplace nice on Earth or a nice, right. you know, <laughs> uh, where they can go outdoors sometime, you know? Right. Instead, it's like, oh, no, you can't go outdoors here unless, you know, Unless you're going outdoors for the last time, like <laughs> Marta and Kirk was probably just like, "Oh God damn it, man! I had plans for her after she took the cure." She did oh blow God. up real good, though. I like that part. She yeah. blew up real good. She blew up Snake Pliskin. That's what would have happened to Snake Pliskin <laughs> in Escape from New York if he'd been a little, uh, little slower. The I just wonder how does how did Garth get time to design and manufacture his super explosive in a loony bin. That was, what did they, how did that, where did they manufacture that stuff? And, and out of what, out of the, out of the poison, come on, you know, it's a loony bin. That's why when she blew up as much as I liked the part where she blew up, that was one of those really, really groan worthy parts for me because I really thought, that that was a symptom of his mental illness was that he had this delusion. That I that, thought that's right. It was like grains of sand. And you right. could tell Kirk was sort of thinking to himself, eh, yeah, whatever. Cause he was tossed, he tossed that, tossed it over to his lackey who, ju- you know, bobbled it around a little bit. Right. It's like, ah, eh, he's bluffing or he just thinks he did that. Cause you couldn't build that stuff in a loony bin. But apparently, unless it was all a ruse where he had, like, dynamite strapped to her or something <laughs> and, and just, like, you know, lied. That's a possibility, I, I guess. guess. But, yeah, it, it, it blew her up real good. Well, the thing that, to me, that, that really is completely unforgivable in this and, and one of the major contributing factors to me not liking this episode is... Garth is just a guy. He's just a regular human being, you know? How the hell? I I don't care if he lived on that planet his entire life. How does an alien teach just an ordinary, regular human being how to change their shape? How the hell did he gain this ability? It would have been better if the He was sick and they were teaching, they taught him it so he could heal himself is what they did. But he obviously didn't heal himself. He maybe healed his body, but <laughs> I mean, come but, on, but, you know, yeah. I, I would have bought it better if they if they had just come out and said, well, you know, the aliens gave him a special suit 
implant or, or something. Or, yeah, or, yeah. yeah, you know, they, they bionically altered him or they gave him a special belt or, you know, he, you know, he drinks gin gold or some fucking thing. But, you know, just that, well, you know, they taught him the, the mastery of, you know, bullshit foo so that he can alter his shape and you know because he becomes kirk and he becomes spock and Corey, and it's like no that's it's just silly it's so stupid and even you know his clothes alter and everything <laughs> right oh he, god yeah. you know it really it, it's it's very very just cheesy and well, yeah, and the and, the, and the transition is the camera zooms back and goes way out of focus, and <laughs> then zooms wow, back wow, in focus. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, episodes. It's like, it's like yeah, okay, when when the, when the shapeshifter transforms, that's not what you know. Why would the whole room go blurry? It would. It, he would go. You know, it's just like, come on, you're not the one hallucinating. He's the one that's shapeshifting. So it's yeah, it's just silly. Yeah. But they were on a budget, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's there's other episodes that are made for, you know, 10 bucks that, you know, are good classic episodes because, you know, so just because they're on a uh, a budget's really not an excuse for them to just put out one that's... Well, it's that third track. season that all the prob- problems that plagued that third season, you know, yeah. that, that almost never was and then was under budget and was all, you know, it was all, it was all fuckity fucked. So <laughs> there were all sorts of weird <laughs> things, you know, some good stuff came out of it, but there was also a lot of stuff that was just sort of slapped together and, and didn't quite work like this. Most definitely. No, I have seen around that there is actually a sequel to this. Uh, there's a novel called Garth of Izar. I have to be honest. Because you demanded it. Yeah, well, I have absolutely no desire whatsoever to read it. It just doesn't interest me. I just never liked the character. Beyond the fact that I think the episode sucks, I just never thought the character was was interesting or, or engaging or endearing or anything. I didn't like the actor. He wasn't particularly well-written in the actor. Uh-oh. The actor, they were like, ooh, they, I think they thought they had a good scenery chewer on their hands, a good character actor, and maybe he could have been, but not in this one he no. wasn't. You know, he had, you could look at him, and he had the potential to be a good Star Trek crazy, crazy bad guy, but it just never quite came together right, you know? I wonder if he was ever a contender, you know, when they were trying to come up with an idea for Star Trek two. And they went back and looked, you know, back through the series. Could we have potentially, instead of gotten wrath of Khan, could we had, you know, wrath of Garth, you know, it's, (laughs) it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, that, that this guy could have been, you know, the Wayne's world three wrath of Garth. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting to think about, but I don't know. I just, yeah, it is, but not for very long. Yeah, they they would have had to really have, <laughs> have altered the the character to make him because he just doesn't he doesn't seem threatening or or anything. He just seems laughable. He seems like a like a Batman you know TV show villain to me. Well, that's why. Uh, well, right well, down to his costume, everybody was. Yeah, yeah, everybody was. He was sort of like the Riddler, you know. Yeah, he kind of looked like the Riddler in in some ways. <laughs> that's true. He was like the Riddler with Prince Valiant hair. 
basically with blonde Prince Valiant hair. Well, it's funny you say or that because now that I think like about a, it, you know, this this one had Batgirl in it. I think the episode just before this was uh, was the one that had the Riddler in it, wasn't it? The um, you know, with uh, with the Sharons. It had oh, Frank Gorshin. Yeah. I think I think that is the episode right before this. Oh, well, the, yeah, they were probably sharing. Maybe they were sharing writers too. <laughs> could have, yeah, they could have been for for that matter. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, that's all I no, got on this one. I gotta that's be up, about all I gotta know. say. Yeah, I think we talked about it longer than it deserved. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it goes. Well, that doesn't mean we're done though. We've got more. <gasps> We've got DC Comics, DC Comics, Star Trek. What was it, number 26? Are we all the way up to 26 We are already? all the way up to 26. Wow. And, you know, uh, we've <laughs> – I must make apologies to the listener. I think we said a while back that, that we were going to start covering three at a time so that we could get to uh, Star Trek four a little bit faster. But, damn, I don't know about you, dude. I just can't find the time lately yeah the homework done as much as as we would like with these things so i actually had read 26 um a month ago because we were supposed to do it on on last month's star trek episode and didn't get to it so i'm actually really rusty on this issue now i don't even have uh i don't even have notes i did read the issue so as you go through it maybe some of this will come back to me but i know i had one big big comment to make about this one and that one will probably carry most of the conversation i would guess so oh boy okay well i can't wait to see what that is <laughs> well hopefully my um my wonderful synopsis will <laughs> will bring it all crashing back into your brain oh yes i'm sure so uh this is dc star trek number 26 as we have stated this is from may of 1986 and uh, my CBR says seventy-five cents. I don't know what yours. Um, that is correct. the The cover, which shows um, <laughs> basically someone who looks like a young Scotty with a beard, Spock, and <laughs> Parrot Man with a mohawk. <laughs> The hiding what you out. call him before Dr. Tweedy? <laughs> Dr. Tweedy or whatever. The Romulans have retreated. Captain Spock were safe. But meanwhile, you know, up over their heads are, is a whole squadron of Ro- Romulans. It says the art's by Bro and I think Geo. So I'm thinking maybe Dick Giordano. Yeah, it's Dick Giordano on the inks and uh, Joe Brazowski, Braz- whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, that that's the, the, the artist on this. But yeah, but that guy looks like a sort of the the third guy looks like Chekhov, McCoy, and Scotty all sort of mashed together like this, just sort of like <laughs> conglomeration of of characters. And uh, this one is called "The Trouble with Transporters," and uh, we've got Bob Rosakis, writer Rosakis writer, and of course the the. Regular art crew, uh, Tom Sutton and Ricardo Villagran. Um, Augustin Mag is a letterer, and uh, Michelle Wolfman, colorist, and Robert Greenberger is the editor. So um, the the starship Surak arrives at Vardy, the planet Vardy, if you recall where the Excelsiors just left from. 
and they're launching an exploratory mi mission. And Spock puts an away team together of Spock, Dr. Chusa, the punk rock parakeet, Dr. Garasi, or Garace, I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna say Garasi, and Lieutenant Melo, who is, is sort of a blonde haired lady. And uh, now, suddenly, after we thought we had this all cleared, cleared up, there's another racial incident with Mr. Brinks, who is really a, a lady, an African-American lady. And if you, if you recall a few issues back, she was calling Spock a half-breed and, and generally acting in a non-Starfleet racist manner and sort of got her ass handed to her by Mr. Spock and learned some lessons and it was all fixed. But I guess it's not fixed because here she is again. She doesn't like um, Lieutenant Mello and and thinks she should be going down on the away team instead of her and, of course, calls her a blasted half-breed. And uh, Spock takes exception to this and uh, and uh, takes her aside and reprimands her and and tells her she's in charge of beaming down the away party. So, um, when they beam down, Mello just doesn't appear. She's not even part of the party. And, uh, so they, they start searching for her. But on board the ship, there's nasty rumors going around that maybe Brinks might have had something to do with, uh, with making her disappear because she didn't like her half-breed ways. So, meanwhile, on the planet, um... Oh, did I mention Dr. Garasi has built himself an old-school 10-speed bike <laughs> that he's brought planet side <laughs> to just take a spin around? And um, he decides, I can, I can um, you know, cover more ground looking for Lieutenant Mello on my bike. So he takes off on his bike while, you know, Spock and, and, um, and Mr. Fl Mr. Fluffy Tweety Bird go <laughs> Big Bird. in another direction. Big Bird. <laughs> and uh, so um, Garachi's just sort of tooling around on his 10-speed when he sees, like, tracks from a big heavy vehicle, and he decides to sort of investigate a little bit. And all of a sudden, his... Uh, bike is shot out from under him by some hidden foes who have phasers so um he meets it back up with spock and says hey look there's people shooting at me when all of a sudden you know they just start getting fire from all sides and um there's sort of a weird field around him to keeping him from beaming back up to the ship and um you know, they don't know what to do. So back on the ship, they decide, you know, we're going to... The Excelsior just left. We're going to call them and and uh, have them help. And, and Kirk gets the message and does a 180-degree and uh, heads off to the rescue. And um, meanwhile, Mr. Brinks is sort of feeling guilty and and sort of has a weird little incident where she, she sees a, a ghost-like image of Mello floating above her. And she deci decides she's going to sort of defy orders and um, beam down to the planet along with a big crate full of phasers. So um, she she kicks everybody out of the transporter room and uh, beams herself and the phasers down. But, you know, once again, the phasers make it, but she's not with them. And uh, 
you know, they're wondering what's going on when all of a sudden there she is sort of like in, um, in, um, oh, that one episode with, uh, with Kirk and the, um, the Tholian web, the Tholian web. She's sort of floating in front of them and they read her lips and she says, it's the Romulans that are attacking us. And, uh, so, um, Spock says, you know, uh, what, what, what we'll do is, uh, I'll have the ship fire an empty probe into the atmosphere and when the Romulans turn their attention to that and not on this beam that's keeping us from beaming we'll uh we'll have the ship beam us into the Romulan headquarters so they do that and of course they catch the Romulans by surprise and uh and overpower them <clears throat> and uh they end up capturing this new Romulan technology that can sort of scramble you know um you know, beaming, beaming technology, and they find out that's indeed what's happened, um, you know, to Mr. Brinks and to Lieutenant Mello. And so they reverse the process and br bring them back, and it turns out that they were in sort of some sort of weird godlike state because Brinks is like, I could see everything that was going on everywhere here. And um, so it, from from this whole thing they've ended up capturing the the Romulans um, shutting down their base and even capturing a new piece of Romulan technology so they call the Excelsior and Spock tells Kirk never mind we got it over here you know who, who needs you you know forget it we're good as a matter of fact we got some new technology too so sorry about uh wasting some gas turning around so did that uh, he gives him five that, bucks yeah 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 you know here's here's five bucks go get some dilithium crystals <laughs> so did that did that remind you about what what it was that annoyed you about this uh, well issue yeah yeah actually several several things i would swear that i wrote notes and possibly even a synopsis for this for this issue and i can't find it i I've searched all over my hard drive and cannot find my notes or anything for this, so I don't know. But yeah, you you hit the nail on the head with the, uh, you know, I mean seriously, the very first page starts with, what the hell is her name, the, the commander, the the black woman commander that's the racist. Yeah, I mean it. That was Brinks. The, Brinks, Mr. Brinks. That was the whole point of that shit issue with her seeing the giant mm -hmm. monster, Mr. Spock. Right. The whole point of that entire story was you need to stop being a racist bitch. And, yeah, and they were holding hands and singing Kumbaya by the yeah. end of it, too. It was all it was all so problem solved, you know. Yeah. And so on the very first page of this. She's back to her shit again, saying, you know, calling him a blasted half-breed. And Spock does the same thing that he did before. He says, you know, Mr. Brinks, you know, come with me, please. They go to his ready room, and he's like, bitch, what is your problem? You know, it's like, that's no. You know, I, I totally misread that. I was totally thought she was calling Lieutenant mellow <laughs> a half breed and i was like well i can't tell what lieutenant mellow is half i i accept that she's a half breed but 
She looks like a perfectly, you know, normal blonde <laughs> she's half, Earth woman. She's half fish. But no, she was she was calling Spock a half breed. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't make as much. I guess I I guess she just she just fu- they thought she just fucked up her her molecules because she didn't like her because she got to go down to the planet. Right. That's yeah. right. She just accuses her of being stupid. Right. Which and they draw her kind of- just like Uhura in this. She looks so much like. Like Nichelle Nichols in a lot of the shots. Yeah. That I I thought at first I thought it was Ohura until she started throwing her out racial slurs. I was like, oh, it's her again. Right. Yeah. It it, it is. It's it, you know it's not it's, just it's you. It's she does. Clan. She, it's Lieutenant Space Clan again. She's not um, distinct tricks. enough from from uh, the way that these guys draw Ohura that. If you yeah. weren't following this, you know, right along all the time, it would be very hard to tell that this is not Uhura, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, you would ha- really have no reason not to think it was Uhura, for, except they call her Mr. Brinks. They call her Mr. Brinks. <laughs> Jar Jar Brinks. <laughs> um. I thought it was very interesting that the person that ends up reading her lips and deciphering that it's the Romulans that are attacking them is the bird guy who doesn't have lips is the lip reader. (laughs) That's not strange to anybody else. I thought that was... Oh, plus... Can you read beaks? (laughs) (laughs) Plus at the top of that page... That and that's who Spock asks. He's like, "Dude, can you read lips?" And he's like, "Not very well." He right. should have been like, "Yeah, can you read beaks? What are you talking about?" <laughs> and the the guy with his bike, man, he looks like Frank Cannon at the top of that page. He's, I I have a feeling he's like somebody was like, write write me and my bike in here, or he's the writer or something, right? Because it's, I mean, it's a, tw- I mean, it's even got the little freaking strap that straps your feet in that you know your 10 speeds ha- I mean it's got the it's got the stupid 10 speed handlebar wrap on it <laughs> it's got a handlebar wrap and a water bottle on the stupid thing alright well, sometimes it has a wa- sometimes you see the water bottle sometimes you don't that's another thing that as a bike rider where's his water bottle going is it a magic water bottle <laughs> I've never heard of not even in 23rd century man so <laughs> that bird guy's just absurd too yeah it's just like it's just like well let's just take a guy and stick a parakeet head on him and give him a green mohawk right yeah I, it's not horrible but it's it's not original is kind of my problem with it. It, it does feel There's like not much going on. It's got yeah. Romulans in it and they're, and they're wimps and idiots. They're, they're not a threat at all. No. I mean, they're, they're totally, they're totally like firing at, you know, Spock's away team and they're completely un, you know, they've got the high ground and, you know they're completely hidden. Nobody, they can't get, sh- they can't seem to hit them. You know, they're just sitting there. You know, blasting down when they have the chance to to shoot Bicycle Joe, they just shoot his front tire out. Come on, is that how <laughs> is that how Romulans operate? Why you know they're they're like you want to go get him? He's like ah we'll get him later. There's plenty of time to get him. It's like no, that's 
stupid. That's not the act of a, a warlike race. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They, I, they, I they're, exactly they're, they're, they're merciless. Yeah. They're, they're merciless and they're, and they're pragmatic. It was like, no, do we need this guy? Do we need this guy alive? No, kill him because then he can't tell his friends what's going on. And meanwhile, he's like, Hey, look, somebody was shooting at me with a phaser. So, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't demand an awful lot of too much out of the comics for that, especially for a one-off story. But yeah, it's the, I mean, the Romulans look kind of badass in their armor. Their armor is a little medieval looking, but they, they look like they would be ass kickers, especially when they shoot his bike out. That shot, that, that picture of the Romulans is pretty, uh, they, they, they look pretty, pretty mean. The one Romulans a little bit cross-eyed. I don't know what page. No, it's the the page where they shoot his bike. But I I don't know. Maybe they were trying to draw that guy like he was Spock's Scotty or something. You know. I still say it looks like Frank Cannon. He's got a little Orson Welles to him though. He's <laughs> got a little bit of the. You'd think male pattern balding would be cured by the twenty third century, especially since by this time all insanities was just cured. <laughs> yeah, right. Just a little. Just in the last segment of the show so you're right that some, guy does look cross-eyed he does <laughs> and maybe that helmet that helmet might be a little like weird i don't know and if you look at the bottom of the next page doesn't doesn't tweety head there look like a actually like somebody's taken a fish and just stuck it on yeah. top of his head they've just taken some like a sunfish and and stuck it on his head but you know, I, I I'm not griping about the art because I I like this this art's like some of the better art in the lot. There's some there's some neat little things. There's a the scene where um where um the ghost of Melo shows up <laughs> and uh, um, what's her name Brinks is uh. She's getting ready to resign because she feels so bad that, you know, she was beaming her down and then she's gone. She's she's typing in her resignation and the just the shot of the reflection of her face on the screen over her resignation is is nicely, nicely rendered. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Lieutenant Mello looks too much like an 80s you know cute nerdy lady she reminds see, me like, of the... uh deb whitman from the from the spider-man comics of of about this same era more or less yeah and wasn't she really clumsy too and yeah kinda, ditzy like, this, and ditzy and this woman's ditzy and always known as always being late and she's got a little bit of the secretary from ghostbusters in it you know <laughs> in her that that sort of thing. She's got the. If she was in an '80s music video, by the end of it, she would take that big bulky jacket off and take her glasses off and shake out her hair. And she'd be in a bikini hot. and be all like smoking hot and, and full of pump full of silicon and <laughs> oiled down and stuff. Oh, and yeah. Throw, throws her books over her shoulder and starts pole dancing. Doesn't happen here though. She and Kirk drive off in a tram Trans Am at the end of it or something exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the the issue is not a complete loss because we do have uh, a really nice uh, like teaser promo thing for uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns coming up, 
and uh then uh i i really like the cbr so i didn't see that oh okay and then toward the end of the issue is a uh, a classic um a classic ad for you can subscribe to amazing man and get an autographed issue free with your subscription i love that that's cool but unfortunately amazing man unless you subscribe from issue one that that series would not last long enough for you to get your full year subscription. So right. that sucks. But uh, yeah, I like this. I like the ad that they've got in here for that because it's got Guido in it, and he was one of the best characters in that in that book. Now, didn't you expect when the one guy showed up with the piece of his bike? It's it's on you know that that page. It's just a couple pages from where we were. Doesn't it look like he's gonna be like, it's broken. <laughs> Somebody broke it. Somebody broke it. And the, the the handlebars in that scene, those are not bike handlebars. I don't know what happened to his handlebars just all of a sudden, but <laughs> Yeah, the like way he canes. folds the thing up in different scenes is really odd too. It's it's like it's collapsible, but it's collapsible in, in weird ways that don't really work. You know? Right. I don't right. know. It's, it it's was a quantum space bike. <laughs> It's a quantum space ten speed, and sometimes it has bra- it doesn't. That's what that's what's weird. It's got gears, but no brakes. <laughs> it has gears, but no, nothing to shift them. Maybe it, there's space gears that he can shift with the power of his mind. But, but I, I, you know, I I don't know. I wish they would have played up the more of like this guy's retro or something. You know, he's right. like Kirk. Kirk likes his old gla- reading glasses. You know, why do you wear those reading glasses? We could just shoot space lasers into your eyes and fix your. Who the eh. hell knows? Man, we're just not. We, we just had a <laughs> a pretty shitty month here on Star Trek: The oh, Original Series. We are all failing this one. Well, I don't think we're failing. We didn't write this shit. <laughs> I had nothing to do with this. I wasn't. I was. I wasn't even born when the first goddamn thing came out. <laughs> and I don't think I bought this when I when this came out. So I certainly wasn't supporting it. So we're not to blame, man. No, we're supporting it, Star Trek in general. The, it, we're, we are steadily creeping up on that era where where I started to buy the issues sporadically. And I think this was part of it was that I, I appreciated what they were trying to do. With, but you were just like, I don't know about the space bird man from Alcatraz. Right. Well, and, I, the whole thing with Spock having his own ship and his own crew and all that. I like it in theory. It just wasn't working for me. You know? Yeah. And, you know, this this thing here is is symptomatic. You know, the whole thing with uh, I mean, isn't she like his first officer? That Brinks woman? I don't think so. But she was a bridge officer because the first time she got in trouble, she was up on the bridge. Wasn't she saying stuff like that? Right. And it's like, come on. You know, I mean, one one well, time we, we, should have been more than enough. If she did it again after that one time, then it should have been okay. You know, I, I don't think this is the posting for you, you know? Well, the thing was, when she first popped up, our initial reaction was, this is ridiculous for the 23rd century. Right. You know? I mean, you know, you have people saying now, well, well, there's no racism now and stuff. This is a 21st century. But in the 23rd century, theoretically... 
You've got you've got a horda commanding taking the con of the Enterprise, you know. If if you can't get over Spock being half something and half if you can if you can have a horda driving a starship, you know, you should be able to get get your mind around Spock being half human, you know? Right. So it's 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 it wasn't quite jiving there and, and then when she got fit you know, I mean, I guess you don't fix somebody overnight, but then again, you also, once you get severely reprimanded like she did before, you probably keep your mouth shut when you're on the bridge, at least. Right, you know, yeah, that, that was more my point. was When you're somewhere yeah. where there's all these people who outrank you and, you know, and obviously this is probably not an isolated incident because once Mello disappears, everybody's like, er, uh, you know, maybe Brinks had something to do with that because probably people just don't i would imagine they probably don't like her <laughs> very much she right. seems she doesn't seem to be a very pleasant person which is weird cuz you don't really have usually when people are dickish on star trek they end up being a bad guy or they end up you know there ends up being some sort of you know understanding by the end of it yeah, you know redemption, of their yeah. dick, a redemption of their dickishness or there was a real good reason for them to be dicks, and then at the end they can reveal themselves to be okay. But there weren't really, like, too many Star Trek characters that were just flat-out assholes, you know? It's just like, ah, oh, fuck, whose shift is it? Is it fucking McGillicuddy's shift down in engineering, <laughs> man? That guy's fucking a dick. I mean, I guess you had Riley, who was kind of annoying. And I, and I, I wish I hadn't picked McGillicuddy, because I'm picking two Irish names. <laughs> out of but, but you know Riley I, I can't remember what episode where one more time and he's singing and stuff but yeah there was never anybody who was just sort of an unpleasant McCoy maybe uh, I, guess I, McCoy. I still maintain that while we never really saw too much of it I still maintain that behind the scenes in in the in the world of Star Trek that anybody that had to work with Spock or especially under Spock on a, on a regular day-to-day basis, they probably hated life, man. Cause you know, he was a hard ass son of a bitch to, to try to, to, to deal with, you know? Yeah. And if you tried to kid, you know, probably Kirk, Kirk and McCoy are probably the only ones who get a, get away with kidding with him. Right. You know, that, that can kid with him without getting a disdainful, like, I failed to see the humor in that. Uh, get back I mean, can you imagine going to Mr. Spock and, you know, you, you, you need next Saturday night off, you know, and you've been scheduled, but it's like, you know, I met this no, hot no, new that's... chick that works down in engineering and there's every possibility that I'm going to get laid if I take her to the yes, concert. But you know, if you bust Spock, hook me up, man, you know. Unlike I'll, dickish I'll managers. You on on tuesday if you let me off on you know come on what do you say bro you know and spot's just like well you know i already made the schedule out and i can't you know it's illogical and you'd be like fucking son of a bitch. no but un- <laughs> unlike most real managers you could you you could employ logic and spock would understand it the the dickish managers you could give them the most logical reason for needing that day off and they'd be just like nah I don't like you you know right at least Spock wouldn't be playing favor but I don't know Spock could play favorites too he's got he's half human so that could actually double the dickishness is he would be like the 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 Vulcan half would be the party would employ probably as management 
and the human side would probably just have a you know a little bit of you know favoritism in it and it would yeah <laughs> come to think of it there might be a lot of vulcans in our workforce right now, <laughs> now i'm thinking about it <laughs> you know best buy might be employing some some vulcans there <laughs> Just a little aside, I went into Best Buy the other day with my roommate who was trying to bring something back and it became obvious that they weren't going to give her her money back and, and you know, we left never to return there again or she's never going to return there again. I'll never go. I don't buy shit there. But I was just taking a walk through the huge, empty, empty store devoid of people looking at, like, you know all the DVDs that are like twenty seven dollars and stuff like that. Thinking, who shops at places like this anymore? You know, it was just bizarre. It was like a ghost town. I tell you the thing with with Best Buy. Actually, I would advise this for any place. You know, these days that that's really hard ass about giving you your money back and stuff. But particularly Best Buy is if they just absolutely refuse to give you your money back, you know, despite whatever you may, you know, whatever tactics you may try short of, you know, the showing your ass tactic, which I got to admit, I always hated that shit, you know? Uh If they just flat out refuse, then just go somewhere in the store and just break something that's of equal or greater value, (laughs) you know? Oh, gee, I'm sorry. Over on aisle 12, I accidentally knocked that big screen TV on the floor. Sorry about that, man, you know? clean up on aisle six yeah exactly you know get your <laughs> get your point across you know i'm sorry i'm incontinent and i just i i, I have this note from my doctor that i might pee anywhere <laughs> sorry about that 3d tv yep exactly <laughs> pee sterile though you got that working for you <laughs> all right well Two True Freaks will not be having Best Buy as a sponsor yeah, not in the future, I don't think. I don't think we'll be seeing Best Buy, like, just for very long anyway. It just, right. It was, uh, it was cobwebs. But, uh... Well... And, and you know what the best proof is? There's no Best Buys in Star Trek. Ha! <laughs> huh. Tying it all back together. Roddenberry knew. Roddenberry knew, man. <laughs> Lieutenant Mellow, come on, man! <laughs> Lieutenant Mellow, she's so mellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez! Did you just quote? You just quoted a Dead Milkman song, yes, didn't you? I did. Well, whoever the hell sings that song, yeah, it's a Dead Milkman. Good lord, I didn't know you had any dead that you would have any Dead Milkman, much less smoking banana peels <laughs> stuck somewhere in your memory. I'm a complicated, a complicated man. I can't even say it. Yeah, no one understands him but his woman. <laughs> Scott. Um. That, that not well. I uh, that's so funny that 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 you do that because I was when I was walking to band practice, I put my headphones on, and the first thing I hear is, "Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today?" An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. (laughs) (laughs) Most effective. 
detective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this uh, later? <laughs> I like to play with things a while before, before annihilation. annihilation. Flash. So I actually listened to that today. <laughs> we had a request to do that movie at some point. To do an episode. Flash Gordon. Yeah, I would love to do that movie. I love that movie. Really. Uh, oh, it's pure cheese. I, I I saw it in the theater, too, so I have memories of seeing it in the theater. And even as a little kid, I sat through that movie going, what the hell am I watching right. here? This is out of control. Just And, you know, even as a little kid, I couldn't go, this is stupid. It was so over the top that I was just like, oh, my God, this is just ridiculously over the top. And And you just couldn't help. Well, I just couldn't help going along with it. As a Queen fan, too, you know. That was probably my my gateway into being a Queen fan. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder which gateway into you were gonna you were gonna take with that. <laughs> yeah, the gate. The, the 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 gate. Everybody has their different their, their different story of how they became a Queen fan. <laughs> I think we some should quit them, while we're at Some of them are prettier than others, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what yeah, do we got okay. what do we got for next time with the old uh, Star Trek computer there? Oh. Well You forgot, I'm didn't you? You brought that up. No, I've got I, I, I but you see and so I don't forget, I set my my little timer thing down there so it's sort of sitting there and I know I have to turn it off before the end of the show. <laughs> so let me um let me just uh punch in the magic number 77 because it's picking out of the 77 79 no wonder we 79 yeah all right let me put 79 in there just so <laughs> i think we've actually i think we've actually done 79 though so yeah we have so maybe maybe we've done seven i'll put 78 in all right 22 22 is... That sounds familiar. We're going to be doing... Uh, be... We did Spacey, didn't we? Yes, I knew it sounded familiar. Yeah. We're, this is going to start happening. It's yeah. going to happen more and more as we go on. All right, I'll it's punch, funny that it's punch up another off one. the list, but yeah, I know we've done Spacey already. Ooh. Ooh, a single digit. Uh-oh. Number six. I think we've Mugs done number women. six. We've too. done that one too. Okay. <laughs> Good thing I can just keep pushing the button. Okay. Thirty-seven. Number thirty-seven is. Oh no. <laughs> no <laughs> what is no, it? No, no. This is. is oh it, is come it, on. Oh, no, we, we you need don't want to do a it. Good episode. Ah, uh, it's I mud. Oh, oh, two muds in a row. No, no, no. Oh, hit the hardcore fret. Ah, hit the button again. Okay, okay. Hardcore fret and mud. I, I can live the rest of my life without ever seeing that episode again. Forty-six. I'm sorry, folks, but I gotta cheat this. Oh, here we go. A piece of the action. <laughs> Ooh, I like that one. Well, <laughs> yes, I like that one too. They play Fizzbin and Kirk talks like a gangster. 
That's a good one. I, 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 I can oh, it's got it. Mel Sharples yeah, in Mel. it. <laughs> Kiss my grits. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, this, I loved this, it. That was the first Star Trek that I taped with a tape recorder. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And it was the first tape I had that got eaten. <laughs> All right, I can deal with that one. Sorry, but I had to cheat this one time because oh, I, just, I can't, I can't take that much hairy mud. I mean, it seems like we just did the other one, didn't we? <laughs> it was probably like a year or two ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was it was recent enough. But uh, all right, so a piece of the action. Yes. All right. You get to see Spock with a with a gun, with a <laughs> real gun, with a bang bang gun, <laughs> Chicago style. All right. We will see you next month, and uh, we will probably. See you later because remember, there's another Star Trek Monthly Monday this month mm-hmm. with two, count them, two episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Looking forward and that's, to it. Yeah, and that's in our epi- Star Trek Monthly Monday 311701D episode, which you'll find on our Libsyn feed. And it's come out at the exact same time, pretty much, as, as the podcast you're listening to right now. So go listen to it. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy. And there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. 
See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.